and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the ingenious Matt. Hello there. Hello, Matt. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I was just about to say, would you like to <laughs> dedicate this episode to your mum? Sure, why not? Uh, she's an avid listener. Yeah. Well, I'd like to dedicate this episode to your mum as well. <laughs> Great. I'm glad. Uh, have you seen your mum this weekend? Uh seen my mum twice today uh, on Mother's mm. Day. Wants to drop my washing off and wants to pick it up. Amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like that needs no further comment. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I put a nice message out on our Twitter today. Let me read it because I think it says it all. Uh, it says everything I wanted to say about Mother's Day. Mm. And it wasn't the one, I don't know if you saw today on Twitter, uh, the word MILF was trending in the UK. No, uh, not a surprise. Yeah, that's what Mother's Day is really all about. I put, happy Mother's Day to all the mums, mummies, mams, moms, grandmas, grands, nanas, and dads who have to be mum too. You make the world go round and we all love you. And that's how I feel about my mum. Yes, yeah. Mums are good. I think yeah. we can all agree on Mums that. are angels that walk the earth. Mm, indeed. Um, uh, so, uh, apart from Mother's Day, how's, how's your week been, Matt? Um, not bad. Really busy. I've just been just doing stuff. Been out for tea a couple of times. Um, yeah. Had the school production at my school this week, which was... Oh. Not not how I would have wanted to spend an evening. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what were they doing? High school musical. Ah. I mean, I guess that's that, that shouldn't come as a surprise that that's what uh, children are doing. This is the 21st century. Yeah. After all. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah. I, 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 I sympathise I sympathize with you there, Matt. And I think because of... Obviously, COVID. There's been two years where we haven't done school production, so I think, and this is going to make me sound horrible when I say this, I think maybe the interest was a little low because High School Musical's not adored by everyone. So, uh-huh. so I think a couple of kids that got parts this year probably wouldn't have got them in other years. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the quality was up and down. The main girl, <laughs> the main girl was brilliant, but a couple of songs, I was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> they they had a bash at it. You yeah. can't say fairer than that. Yeah, um, it was one of those where I just stared at the ceiling and just relived classic episodes of Blackadder in my head till it was over. <laughs> I was about to ask Matt, um, which don't give the game away too much, but. Which did you have a better time with? Your school's production of High School Musical or uh, Mark of the Rani this week? Uh, well, I'll tell you this. This is what we'll be discussing. My school production of High School Musical didn't have Anthony Ainley in it. You kept that under your hat. <laughs> oh. I did indeed. Gotta, gotta, gotta give you some nice surprises every now and then. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I like a Mark of the Rani. I quite often order one when I go to the Indian takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the Lampasander and Mark of the Rani, Pilar Rice, and some Sag paneer, please? 
Uh, that is like some high quality 90s stand up. Yeah, yeah. If only I was drinking a pint of mild whilst I crack that sort of joke. Mm, indeed. Um, what about you? How's anyway, your week been? Um, um, mostly uneventful. Um, though I did have a nice day yesterday um, with my mum and my grandma and my brother. And uh, we, even, we even had a little barbecue. Oh, nice. First barbecue of 2022, which cool. was nice. Cool. Weather's been lovely, so go for it. Well, that's yeah. I I will say it was one of those situations where, um, it's blazing sunshine. It's like it feels like summer. Let's get the barbecue going. And by the time the barbecue's ready to actually cook something, there's a massive bank of cloud obscuring <laughs> the sun. Uh you you've just and it feels reminded so me. Yeah. After I said my week's uneventful, I was trying to remember what I did yesterday. Mm. And because I moved house a couple of weeks ago, uh, a yeah. guy from work lent me his pickup truck for moving some of the big stuff. Uh, mm. So as a favour, I did six hours manual labour for him yesterday. Um, <laughs> so he bought a conservatory off Gumtree. Uh-huh. But the, right. the agreement was we had to go dismantle it ourselves. <laughs> right. You know, and among my many yeah. talents, uh, conservatory deconstruction's not one of them. Um, mm. So we kept joking in the car going, oh, this is going to be like an episode of Chuckle Vision. This is <laughs> going to be like an absolute nightmare. And yeah. the very first job, bearing in mind how hot it was yesterday... Uh, yes. The very first job, my friend unclipped the guttering and proceeded to pour what I'll describe as raw sewage all over me. <laughs> Just like soil and moss and bird oh. shit all in black rancid water. Just literally, like some of it went in my mouth. It was awful. <laughs> Like, I'm sure you imagine the sort of filth I'm describing there, just black, I, I absolutely muddy can. water. It's, that is, um, yes, yeah, so... Um, so, about your, six your, hours... The prophecy came true. About six hours, uncomfortably hot. Oh, the the taste of crap in my mouth. The smell of crap in my nose. It was awful. Mm. Well, um... Yeah, sounds like I've had a more pleasant weekend than you in that regard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I did get to use a jackhammer, so that was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's always fun, I suppose. I, I mean, I said I've never, uh, I, I, not, I've never used one, nor do I have actually any, any actual hankering to do so. But uh, I can see how it might be fun. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Mm. All right then, Matt. Uh, we've we're we're recording a little bit late today because of uh, daylight savings time. Uh, unsurprisingly, there's no convincing a three year old that it's an hour later than their body feels like it uh, is. I, I'm right there with him. I've been uh, jet lagged all day. I had my tea at about half past yeah. two today. <laughs> I just cooked up some ravioli in the middle of the afternoon, and then I was ready for bed. <laughs> Yeah, so we're kind of it's all all over the shop. So we're recording a bit later than usual this week. Um, so I say we just crack on with it, eh? Yeah. 
Where do you want to start? Do you want to do A to Z or do you want to do some news? Uh, for my own convenience, we'll do A to Z because I've been editing together oh, the right. super cut of the A to Z and then <laughs> I'll know it's always before the news. All oh, right then. That's that's uh, that's as good a reason as any. What, um... So, can I fire some episodes at you, David? Uh, you certainly can, but make it quick because, uh, f- full disclosure, listeners, we've recorded this segment once and my recording failed, so let's make it snappy. Yeah, all right. Uh, what do you think <laughs> of Kill the Moon? It's fine. What do you think of Knock Knock? It's fine. What do you think of Kablam? It's fine. There's a Kablam level on Fortnite, but we've already talked about that. Let's move on. Do you want some yeah. alien races? Uh, sure. Carla Jacks. Yeah, good. Uh, the Carleds. Good. The Crefeus. D- does the job it needs to. Uh, the Crillotane. Deserves a comeback. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm still holding a bit of a candle for the Crillotane. I will say. What? Well, I, I. I know that you want to race through this, but I know. which. RTD era monster, do you want him to bring back the most? Is it the Krillotane? Okay, I might get a little stick for this, I don't know. But I'd say it's actually The Wire from... Uh, Idiot's Lantern. Idiot's Lantern, yeah. Specifically because I would love to have a sequel story for that set in the early days of the internet. Like, The Wire, instead of being in you know, in, in old black and white TV sets. Imagine if it's lurking in uh, dial-up modems. Yeah. I just feel like there's something there. I'd love it. I, it, I, could, it could become really powerful and everyone loves it. And then Metallica take it to court and shut it down. <laughs> yeah, I'd enjoy that. But also, I mean, Critotane would be up there. Critotane's certainly in my, in my sort of top five RTD creatures that that i think are, are due a comeback i think you could do a lot with them with uh, modern cgi yeah uh can i give you some characters and companions sure uh katarina yes one of those sort of like uh borderline companions from the classic era uh is that the same for sarah kingdom <laughs> it's it is indeed Okay. Is it the same for Chameleon? Chameleon? Yes, Chameleon. Yeah, uh, yes, it kind of <laughs> is, to be honest. Chameleon was in, what, I think like two or three stories? It's like this shape-shifting robot. Um, yeah, it's one of those sort of like failed experiments, Chameleon. And for a full house of, are they really companions? We've got Yasmin Khan. <laughs> um, <there we> go. <laughs> that is harsh. You know, she is like I, I. I'm trying to think in terms of like, probably not in terms of screen time, but certainly in terms of length of tenure. I think Mandip Gill has probably broken Jenna Coleman's record for longest serving companion at this point, or it must be getting close. Mm. Wow. I wonder yeah. if she will. There's yeah, a I, I haven't seen the trivia question for the future. Yeah, yeah. Right, but for my pick, David, 
And I apologise, because we've already recorded this, so you're going to have to sit through the same joke again. Yeah, it's all right. I- I'm going to go for the Klingons. <laughs> it-, it was funny yeah. the first time round, wasn't it? It was funny the first time, yeah, but sadly that's lost That's lost yeah. time at this point. Look, listeners, yeah. if, if you're listening to this, right, I might bed in the audio if it's savable, but just <laughs> take it take it from me and David. We had an absolute hoot. Getting yes. sci-fi wrong, and you know we yeah. said Luke Skywalker was taking the the ring to the Mount Doom in his spaceship, yeah. the Serenity. It was brilliant, but it's yeah. wasted. We, we had it's a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Never going to recapture that magic. Right. So I just picked K nine. Oh, tell pick. you what, um, it, I can give you another of little Zorb's jokes if you like to, oh, to kind of always. cheer you up to br- bring the bring the mood up a bit. Um, so, what is the snowman's least favourite part of his drink? The tea bag. The sausage strut. Oh, see, I I just went for a part of a drink. That, oh. Yes, that's that was your fundamental error yeah. in thinking my son is at the level of actually making uh, like genuine logical connections in uh, jokes. Though I did, I did come up um, with a uh, sort of sequel joke, if you like, which amused him. Uh, so, what is a snowman's favourite part of his drink? Is it also the sausage strut? No, nobody knows. Uh, uh, what What's the difference yeah. between a snowman and a snowwoman? <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Do enlighten me. Snowballs. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I'm picking. Lovely K-9. seasonal snow jokes. Yeah, well, it'd be good when this is Lentronies. clipped into that Christmas special, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Sleigh bells ring. You know, are you listening? In the yeah. line, snow is glistening. I did a little yeah. like little burp halfway through there, so I went in the line. So. <laughs> Don't worry, it wasn't like my weird Nissa Australian accent. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I've said yeah. three times, David, I've picked K9. What are you picking? K9? Yeah. I think in the first time I said K9 and company, so I'll say that again. Um, if you're listening to this as part of the Christmas special, I'm so sorry we're really half arsing it, but you know, <laughs> have a mince pie, cheer yourself up. Look, it's it's already twenty past nine, and I want to go to bed at some point. Sorry, yeah. listeners. Yeah, <laughs> this is all you're getting. Um, do you want a bit of news, Matt? Always, always. Okay, let's do wood. Wood? Uh, no, not that one. Have I got who's for you? It's what we are doing. It's the name of the segment. We've been doing it for three months straight <laughs> at this point. Yeah. You'd think I'd have got it nailed. <laughs> Yeah. But I just don't. Who into searchwise.net. Well, there's only one um, place we can start, really, isn't there? Th- oh, that's true, actually. I'm getting ahead of myself, Matt. Um, 
Do let us know. I mean, uh, uh, have you what's, seen what's the, latest the latest update on the casting of the Fourteenth Doctor? I mean, of course I have, but for the purposes of this podcast, I'll I'll, well, I'll play dumb. And, and... I, I thought I thought RTDs really played a very strong move here because right. obviously his choice is so popular. I, I don't know anyone who dislikes it, mm-hmm. and as we know, the Doctor often finds themselves in a number of different scenarios. So you really do want a doctor that can go with everything. Yeah. So that's why I totally endorse RTD's decision as choosing to play the 14th Doctor. He's just gone for coleslaw. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. it goes, goes with everything. Everyone it loves does. it. It's... Yeah. I was enjoying a bit of coleslaw um, at the... Uh barbecue around my mum's house just yesterday. I, I had coleslaw Lovely yesterday stuff. with quiche. Yeah. It's it almost homemade? as if that's where the idea came from. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't, no. It was uh, Morrison's cheesy coleslaw. Mm. Well, that's the thing. I think this is the big question now. We know we know RTD is going with coleslaw. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's so much range within coleslaw. Is he going shop-bought? Is he going homemade? Is he going up market? Is he getting himself a tub of Waitrose coleslaw? And also, are they going to replenish the coleslaw at regular intervals? Or are we, is it going to be the same batch of coleslaw? Just, you know, almost like, you know, you know we, we talk a lot about how the 12th Doctor really goes on this journey as a character, you know, yeah. starts out very, very grumpy and prickly and gradually you see this warmth emerge from, from you know, deep within him. Um, are we going to have a similar kind of um, experience with the 14th Doctor where they start out this very fresh, fragrant, mm. tangy coleslaw and over time just become this sort of... Rancid pu- mess. Yeah, just this putrid slop that nobody wants to be within 10 feet of. That's what's really exciting me at this point. I mean, yes, coleslaw in itself, that's a bold move, but it's its all about that detail. See, it's a Will last, there be celery in it? It seems to be a last-minute casting, because up until the very last minute, uh, my sources were telling me it was going to be played by butter, um, so coleslaw <laughs> really right. swooped in there. I didn't. I didn't hear about those rumors. Um, you know, I've heard. I've heard a lot of the rumors. You know, um, David Tennant, Ketchup, Hugh Grant, all you know, all of the the sort of yeah. regular stuff we've been hearing. But I, I've never believed any of those, to be honest. Um, but coleslaw, I can. I can see it. I can see it. You can see coleslaw in a in a long flowing coat. Yeah, and when they running down a corridor. When they regenerate, they can upgrade to cheese savoury. <laughs> and wouldn't that be an upgrade? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Matt. Um, should we see what's on uh, searchwise.net at the moment? I think, I think we better had, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to scroll very quickly past the first one, which is uh, Noel Clark related. Um, 
New pictures released about Legend of the Sea Devils. I'm going to skip past that because we're not you know there what? yet. I'm, I'm going to say this, and I don't care what people think, David, and I don't really care what you think. I've seen yep. the trailer. The Sea Devils are the most ridiculous-looking thing I've ever seen. They look absolutely awful, and I cannot wait to watch that episode. No comments. Um... Don't tell me they look iconic. They look absolutely ridiculous. A bit of opinion here from Escapist magazine. Ten years later, Clara Oswald is still the best Doctor Who companion. Uh, politely but... disagree. Um, I, I'm neither agreeing nor disagreeing, but certainly that is a that is a bold take that would that certainly not everyone is going to agree with. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Matt. You were very rude about it. Let's click on this one. Digital Spy, Doctor Who classic monster redesign explained. You ready for this? It's going to be explained to yeah. you by Sam Warner from Digital Spy. I, I, I bet it's just one of the visual effects artists just going, uh, I was just having a half day. Um, just couldn't be bothered. I needed to clock off. Doctor, so. Doctor Who fans are set to see the return of the Sea Devils in the show's next special, and the show's designers have opened up a bit more about their new look. The BBC series unveiled a first glimpse of the, of the classic monsters earlier this year following the broadcast of the New Year's Day special. Speaking about the new iteration of the Sea Devils, costume designer Ray Holman told SFX via Radio Times, you have to go through the process of thinking, do we change it so much that it becomes something different? And it's something modern and different, uh, which has animatronics and all sorts of other things. Would it still have the same flavour as the originals? As well as being shorter, the new Sea Devils incorporate a more pirate-type look, with the costume maker Robert Alsop using moulds of the classic monsters to help in the design. I did have access to a plaster cast that was taken, I'm guessing, around 1980, so I was able to take some key measurements for the overall proportions from that and then I was working very much on photos of the original episodes he said the upcoming Legend of the Sea Devils the Doctor yada 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 just spoilers about the episode then some stuff about the Hugh Grant rumour we know that's that's rubbish because it's coleslaw there you go so basically they had a look at some old Sea Devils and they tried to do something that was a bit similar but also not does that explain it for you, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I take back everything I ever said negative about the scene. Great. Great. Now then, we have the small matter of the Mark of the Rani to attend to. Mm. Should we start with a few listed tweets? Did we get many this week? Uh, we did. Now, annoyingly, after last week, where I started singing the song Aerials for our listener Ariel... Uh, she hasn't uh -huh. tweeted in this week, so maybe she just didn't like that. Maybe. It's certainly uh, possible. I mean, it was slightly annoying, because I spent about 20 minutes today downloading the uh, karaoke version of that song and making a little jingle <laughs> of me singing it again. <laughs> uh, There's so, always next Do you week. know what? Do you know what? Since I'm on the edit this week, I might just dump it in now. Aerials in the sky When you lose small mind you free your life 
Ontario's so up high. When you free your eyes, eternal prize, Ariel's in the sky. When you lose small mind, you free your life, Ariel's so up high. When you free your eyes, eternal prize, Go. What did you think Beautiful. of that, David? Beautiful stuff, Matt. Right. Uh, let's see what people said. Right. We'll start at the beginning with the Doctor Who show. Say hello, David. Hello, Doctor Who show. Uh, they say parts of it are fine, interesting even. Parts of it are a bit dodgy. The location filming helps as ever. Absolutely. Uh, the next message, David, comes from Rob from the Cloister Bell podcast. Say hello. Hello, Cloister Bell podcast, and Rob in particular. Uh, it's worth noting as well that when whatever Sea Devil special is called comes out, uh, we are all getting back together again, David, to do another after show. Excellent. Yeah. By the time we do the next one, you'll have actually been caught up. You'll yeah, actually possibly. be able to, to join in with the with the episode discussion. That'll be exciting, won't it? Yep. So that'll be us, the Cloister Bell, who can convince you, uh, my adventures in space and time, uh, all of time and space. Uh, yeah. Just all the best Doctor Who podcasts. Yeah, great podcasters and great people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Rob says, my house backs on to Killingworth, so it's just like watching the locals. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we then have a message from Amy. Say hello, David. Hello, Amy. Uh, Amy says, it was okay. I like Time of the Rani better, I think. However, this was a good intro to the character. I did enjoy her interactions with the Master, and I like how the Doctor sabotages her TARDIS at the end. The Rani is a cool character. Yeah. Okay, and then we have James, son of Nicholas Courtney. Say hello, um, David. Uh, hello, James. I apologise, by the way, Matt. Um, I've been fiddling with some bits of Lego that uh, my son had left on my desk, and that's probably going to make uh, terrible noises in the edit, so I'm going to put it away. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. At uh, least you didn't get it stuck up your nose this time. That was a bit of a <laughs> problem. When that, was like, that, that, was a, that was like... Nearly an hour where we had to cut out of that recording session. Yeah. It yeah. was a nightmare. Right. James Courtney says it's got two things that the twin dilemma hasn't. And I think he later revealed those two things to be Anthony Ainley and Geordie Accents. Yeah. Um, and he says K is for the best spin off, K9 2010. <laughs> Next up, David, we have BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Salutation, conservateur. <laughs> David, David <laughs> you have tickled me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> 
I, I listened back last week. Uh, yeah. I was going out to meet a friend for dinner, and I listened back where we were just shouting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I maintain it's going to end one day with "Say hello, David," and then just a gunshot, and that'll be the, that's how the pod's going to end. It's, right. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? This hands down is becoming my favourite part of the pod. <laughs> it's going to have to end one day, but sooner or later the world's going to run dry. <laughs> oh, I don't think I've ever laughed like that on pod before. <laughs> right. Uh, BT says. This is the story that makes everyone want the Rani to come back. She's a scientist. She has enough principles to fix what she broke, even though she's totally willing to mess up more people to get that. And she's able to boss them around the master, no problem. Hashtag girl boss IG lol. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I, mean, know, I don't know what that last bit means. but um, I mean, I, I definitely, I'm... I'm on the same page as uh, BT Flipper the Giga here. This is, this is the th- reason I was excited when when other people said, "Oh, what about Mark of the Rani?" I was like, "Yes, Mark of the Rani," because it's it is probably the only good Rani story on the screen <laughs> of her three appearances, um, and it's it is the kind of thing where it's like. Uh, you, uh, look, I, I'll end up. I'm, I'll be doing my review before I'm doing it, so let, uh, we'll, we'll move on. But like, I I agree. Like, I, I think Riley is a fascinating character. Right now, the next message, David, comes from Jake from the Married to Who podcast. Hello, Jake. Who, who is now added to our top secret Wordle WhatsApp group? Yes, yes, he is indeed. Yeah. After last week, when I said, "Oh, I'd really like one." Then uh, you made one. I did. And then a couple of people from Married to Who got in touch, and so now we've got one with Jake and Sam as well. Yeah, it's all moved very quickly, hasn't it? Oh, David, I absolutely love Wordle. Yeah. <laughs> today's was an absolute ball ache, though, wasn't it? Yeah. If, if you're listening live, today's word was nymph. And no that vowels. Comes, that comes after yesterday, where we had epoxy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, there's been some very abstruse ones in, in yeah, the last few days. Yeah, they the tough ones for the weekend, so... Mm, apparently. Yeah, so... The, the trouble I had was was I, I'd established that there were no vowels, and mm. the only five-letter word with no vowels I could think of was glyph. And I, and I did oh. glyph, and then it wasn't that, and I was like, well, what the fuck is it then? <laughs> Right, well, I, I'm going to talk you through my wordle tactics, and we've discussed yeah. this in the week. First word, I always go stare. Yeah. And I usually get enough that I can play with. But because i got nothing, my backup second word is munch. Ooh. And then, like, you've got a lot of common letters across those two words. Mm-hmm. And I think I've got the H in the right place, the M and the N. Oh, so you were off uh, to a flying start there. So the only word I could think of was nymph, and I got it in three. That's some high-caliber wordling. Mm. Uh, anyway. Imagine if you listen to this and you don't like wordle, and we just <laughs> totally out of nowhere discuss it for about five minutes. Just Yeah, just five minutes of pure gobbledygook. Yeah. In the car with your family, and it's like, oh, Jenny, turn it off, turn it off. 
They're doing the Wordle bit again. Turn it off. <laughs> Get the uh, cloister bell on. We don't have this with that, this problem with them. Right. Anyway, Jake says, just to come full circle, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Kate O'Mara is great, and I was going to say you don't need the, nas- the master, but it's important to show how even he is inferior to her. Mm-hmm. Could take or leave the Luddite story, but the location is great, and Perry's dress is hilarious. I was tempted to say K is for Kill the Moon, but I don't want to get blocked. It's got to be K9. I haven't blocked anyone in ages. You haven't? Should I just block someone now? Yeah, go on, if you want. Uh, Pick a number between... Oh, we've got 100 Twitter followers now, David, so you can just pick any number. Uh, 101. Uh, 101. Well, actually, we... We have actually gained a listener since last time I was <laughs> I checked. So uh, this is Alex Gibbons from the Who Target podcast. Uh, I'm just going to go mute. Oh no, sorry, not mute. I want block, don't I? Undo, <laughs> unmute, block. There we go. Uh, last one in, first one out. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alex. But oh, sorry to be doing you that. Know, you've got to <laughs> roll the dice. Rules. Yeah, exactly. Like status quo said, you know, you pay your money to make your choice. Uh, all right. right then. Where where are we up to? Uh, we've still got a lovely tweet, uh, but I've lost it now because I was too busy blocking people. Um, from none other, David. Than the great man himself. It's been a while, but Martin McLean's in the house. Oh, fantastic. Marty, Marty, Marty. Marty, 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 Marty. M A R T Y. M A R T Y. Now, Marty says, sadly, I've yet to see Mark of the Rani, but everything I've heard tell sorry, everything I've heard about it tells me I'd really enjoy it. My suggestions for Kay are Katie Manning. Did we have that? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't really talk about any uh, actors or anyone. Uh, Katie Manning plays uh, Joe Grant mm-hmm. and is just, you know, an absolute beacon of joy within the fandom and has been for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also says Kinder, Carvanista, mm-hmm. Chameleon, and of course K9. I think that's why I secretly went K9, because yeah. I just wanted to look cool in front of Marty. Now, Matt, you are aware of Carvanista, aren't you? Is that the big dog? That's the big dog. You must be excited that it's not long now until you meet Carvanista. Uh, we're getting there, aren't we? We are getting there. Uh, will that be next week, even? Mm, that would be telling, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, in fact, I feel guilty for blocking Alex a moment ago because I tell you what, we nearly had a falling out tonight, David. Did we? Yeah. Have you got a hat on? Um, yes, of course, I've got a hat on. Uh, As if I wouldn't. Type. What type of hat have you got this week? Um, well, it's 
you're not going to be happy. It's not a deer stalker. <sighs> I, look, let me explain. I've got a deer stalker on order, but you know, sometimes you go on Amazon and you know you just click, you just you click whatever whatever's the cheapest and quick. You know, first thing you see, you just want to get over and done with, and then you find out afterwards that it's you know coming from Latvia or something. It's going to take eight weeks. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those situations. So I do have a deer stalker. It is on order. Please don't drop the this in the tweet section. But we just we're not there yet. Right. Um. Right. So well, this 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 week you, anyway, David. Yep. What hat have you got? Oh, I was just going to say. So it's not a deer stalker this week. It's a pork pie hat. Ah, oh, classic. Yeah. Well, I I think this week you can keep it on because okay. Marie, Marie Boudreau really upset me today. <gasps> really. Yeah, I would say out of all our listeners, she's the one that annoys me least. I won't go as far as to say that, like, you know, I like to keep the listeners at a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I said, look, we're talking about Mark of the Rani. You can send whatever you want or just about anything in particular. And bless her, she, she's trying to get Meal of the Week back. <laughs> so... so her suggestion was, uh, if I can suggest anything, why don't you tell me something nice you've eaten in the last seven days? <laughs> um, so I sent a picture saying, actually, I went out the other day and had some really nice fish and chips. Now, this this is where we almost fell out, David. Mm-hmm. Because on, on the plate, there were the chips on the bottom. Yep. Fish laid on top with a wedge of lemon. Mm-hmm. A little pot of tartar sauce. Yep. And another little pot that Marie mistook for guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Those now, poor David, Americans. Now, David, you have one guess for a million euros. <laughs> what do you suspect was in that little pot? It's, I mean, it's not guacamole. It's mushy peas, right? Obviously mushy peas. Yeah. Even Marty McLean weighed in and was like, whoa, guacamole. <gasps> guacamole and fish and chips. Yeah, so I, I'm, I, it, it pains me to say it, David, but keep that hat on your head for exactly one week, please. Okay, duly noted. Yeah. Going to get a hot head this week. But, you yeah. know, needs well, I must. got a hot head when I thought of the thought of fish and chips and guacamole. Uh, yeah. Okay, very quick tangent, because, look, this is, to be clear, we are not bringing Beer of the Week back. Absolutely not. But I've got to ask now, Matt, since you brought it up, where do you stand on curry sauce? Uh, don't mind it. Actually, if I was getting fish and chips from the chip shop, I'd probably go curry sauce over peas. Yeah, I do both. But then, if I'm at a restaurant and... It says fish, chips, and peas. If they bring me garden peas, <sighs> I'm, I'm offended. Livid. No. Has, has no offended. place being there. Um, but yeah, I, I was a latecomer when it came to curry sauce. I was very dismissive of it in my youth. Oh. But um, David, I'm, mm. I'm, I, I need to interrupt you because we've just had a tweet from James, uh, son of Nicholas Courtney. Yes. Uh, who's sent us a tweet. Uh, about the casting of the 14th Doctor. Oh, okay. Now, it seems that I was mistaken in 
casting coleslaw. Let me just forward you this picture. Um, sorry, it might just take a moment. Okay. Should be with you any second now. I'm waiting. Do you, want, so, do you want me to read it out? Are you going to read it? Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think it's your place to announce this. Okay, so um, the BBC today announced that Sophia Dolmio has been cast as the 14th Doctor. Dolmio will make her debut at the end of Jodie Whittaker's final episode, which is expected to air on BBC One sometime in late 22. Uh, 22. For, for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Sophia Dolmio's work... Uh, Best known probably as one of the puppets from the Dolmio adverts. Yeah. I don't know yeah. that she has much of a large body of work beyond that in her repertoire. She's just one of the uh, one of the disturbing Dolmio puppets. So there you go. I I, I wonder if her uh, catchphrase of "When's your Dolmio day?" will make it into the show. I mean, I to be honest, I don't know why you get her if you're not going to do that. It seems the only obvious route. Um, that and the fact that, you know, um, Doctor Who obviously has a reputation for being terrifying for under 10s. And, you know, what better way to keep that tradition alive than by casting a, a, a hideous, terrifying puppet as <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the 14th Doctor? You know, just... <laughs> anyway, lovely stuff. Thank you, James, for keeping us abreast of the latest. So that that's all the tweets this week, David. Now, before we <laughs> yeah. get into the episode... Yes. It's time to bring back an old segment. We haven't done this in a while. <laughs> Is it really? Okay. Yeah. It's uh, David talks to the audience for two minutes whilst Matt goes to get a drink because he's quite thirsty. <laughs> All right, okay. Okay, um, so I'll be back in a moment. I'm just going to go get some juice, I think. All right. Um, hello, listeners. I mean, normally I would be talking about, say, Sapphire and Steel or whatever sort of obscure stuff I've been watching recently. I've been watching a lot of Classic Who. Um, I'm nearly done with uh, Seventh Doctor's era... Um, got one episode of Curse of Fenric left to go and then it's just survival and then I'm probably just going to immediately loop back round to the start and uh, just kick off with an unearthly child again I think probably what's going to happen um, what else um, Arcane I'm, I'm serious listeners if you've never watched Arcane what are you doing with your life at the moment it's genuinely one of the best written things I've ever seen on TV certainly in recent years it's it really has astonished me and I'm really looking forward to giving that a rewatch fairly soon um, I don't really have a lot else to say at the moment I hope you're doing well you're all lovely people thank you for listening you got your drink there Matt right I'm back now David yep. I'm putting my headphones on if it turns out lovely. you've been talking about bloody arcane I won't be happy <laughs> here we go Hello listeners, it's future Matt here, just to say David did talk about Bloody Arcane, and I'm not bloody happy. Hello. Saying nothing. Um, <laughs> I, bet, I bet you've been going, ah, oh, I've been watching Arcane today, it's brilliant. You'll, you'll find out, won't you, when you're editing. Hello again folks, it's future Matt here. I did find out whilst I was editing, and again, I'm not bloody happy. 
Um, all right, then. It's fine time, I think, to finally talk about um, Mark of the Rani. And if we can do it in about 10 minutes flat, that would be ideal, because I want to go to bed, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, well, I've got two pages of notes, so oh, I'd estimate let's... we've got quite a bit of time on our hands. <sighs> what did you think yeah. of this episode, David? What rank are you giving it? It's okay. It's okay. It's it. The the bits that I like, I really like. There are, but there are also bits that probably don't work. And the the my main criticism of Marco the Rani, right, is that the pacing is just bizarre. Like, it just keeps going on, and there's never really any sense of like tension ramping up or moving towards a dramatic conclusion it's just just a sequence of events do you know what i mean yeah and i don't know if that's down to the writing or the direction or what but i don't really feel like i never feel like oh here we go we you know we're moving into the to the final denouement it's just like i just sort of people are going around and stuff's happening the thing is, I, 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 in my heart of hearts, yeah, I, I don't think I can give this good episode. No. But when I watched it, there was nothing that made me think, "Oh, this is like a bad bit." I like, I, I kind of enjoyed it all the way through. I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, get, don't get me wrong. It's pretty solidly enjoyable, and. You know, it really bothers me when people are like, oh, the Colin Baker era was terrible. I'm like, are you watching the same show as me? Colin Baker is having so much fun every second that he's on screen. Um, I, I, There's a lot to like in this story. You know, we yeah. haven't even touched on the, the other Time Lord characters. The, the fact that you've got this sort of weird triangle relationship of these three all very intelligent, very smug, but very different people all double crossing each other and outsmarting each other. And it, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to enjoy in this. There really is. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Mark of the Rani then. Yes, let's do it. It, is the third story of series 22 from the 2nd and the 9th of February, 1985. Yeah. And if you do the maths, I could have been conceived on the night that this aired. Wow. My mum and dad <laughs> might have settled down, watched Mark of the Rani, and just <laughs> um, had a bit That of would have been it. That would have really put them in the mood. Yeah. 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 Now, I think I was a Valentine's Day baby. But never mind, that's enough of that. Um, yes, <laughs> written by Pip and Jane Baker and directed by Sarah Hellings. Yes. Okay, so it opens with some men excavating rocks from a quarry mine. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not realise this was set in the northeast for about 20 minutes because no one talks. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I've just put, I think they're going home, but they just walk around for ages. <laughs> uh, they go to the bathhouse and I put early on I really like the music for this bit mm. I can't and really remember what the music was it just it's just general synthy noodling isn't it 
Yeah. This era. So they go to the bathhouse, which, weirdly, I think four or five of them go in, but there's only two baths. And yeah. all, all the gas seeps in and they all pass out. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, the TARDIS is being manoeuvred off course and the Doctor just shouts at Perry. That, on, that's you've done the it style. Once. You've done it once. Give her a good old throttling. Really show her who's boss, Doctor. Uh, you know. How dare she question your authority? Choke her out. Right. It turns out the reason this is happening is because there's another time machine nearby. Mm. Um, all the miners in this mine have a red mark. And the Doctor and Perry begin tracking time distortion. Um, again, I didn't make the link to the Luddites. I was just like, there's just men terrorising the town. <laughs> um, That's fair enough. We have, it's not like you see them smashing up machinery or anything at this point. They like, they like kick over a bun vendor's tray yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then in a plot line that goes absolutely nowhere, Yeah. and I mean absolutely no further than this scene, um, the Doctor spends ages pondering why there's a scarecrow but no birds. And he's like, maybe that's the best scarecrow in the world. Maybe it scares off the birds. We never find out. Doesn't that's it? true. That's just there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then. Where are the birds? Um, so men sabotage a cart delivery. There's some machinery being delivered. And the Doctor is just moments too late. Mm -hmm. But this is where it's uh, explained that they're smashing the machinery rather than attacking people. Yeah. And they all work for old George Stevenson. Oh, here we go. Local hero. Yeah. And right. it, you don't get... I mean, it's it's a kind of a hallmark of New Who is the so-called celebrity historical. Yeah. Not so much of a thing in Classic Who. It tend where no. the historicals tend to be more about the time and the, the era, but less about specific individuals within that era. And I think that's evidenced by the fact George Stevenson doesn't appear for the first forty-five minutes of this story. Yeah, he's name-checked, yeah. but he's just nowhere to be seen. Yeah. So, like George Stevenson, because we pretty much live. The Darlington Stockton Railway is, you know, a stone's throw from us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just all trains where we live. Yeah. If you go to Darlington, there's the big train monument. If you go to York, it's all trains, National Railway Museum. Great museum. You know. Yeah, yeah. And did you know that George Stevenson is the reason people from Newcastle are called Geordies? I didn't know. Is that true? Yeah, it's because they were... At the time when mining was like Britain's main industry, there mm. were two particular designs of like mining lamps. Yep. And one was a George Stevenson lamp. That's what he did before he made steam engines. Ah. So they became known as like the Geordies after him. Wow, I didn't know that. That's a great fact. And I, I know, know that's that. me really simplifying things, but mm. yeah. I think in particular, like the jet mines and coal up mm. Northumberland Way. Yeah. That's where the, the word Geordie comes from. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so, everyone, and now here's a plot line that does go nowhere. Everyone in this town is absolutely obsessed with Toby Jugs. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Well, I'm definitely going to have a few drinks at my Toby Jug. Why? What are you doing? Oh, wow, I've got my own Toby Jug. I'm probably going to have a few drinks. And everyone's just like, do you say Toby Jugs? I love them. It just goes on forever. And just when I've got sick of this, I'm going to read you my notes verbatim. Fucking yes. Anthony Ainley's here. The master. Yeah. And he's got a death to arrange. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Um, genuinely, you were, you were happily surprised? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's good to see him. He is beautiful. Yeah. And he's so good as well. He is good. And, he doesn't and get do you know the credit what? he's due, I don't For think. all I'm like, oh, I like Anthony Ainley. I, I love his master with the Rani. What a dream team. There's a, think, lot, a, a lot of fun to be had there. I think bring it back, RTD. Bring back the Rani. Yeah, bring back oh, Missy. We're doing this. Make you, it so she was just the Rani all along. Sorry? I didn't catch that bit. Bring back Missy. But then, actually, she's not the master. She was the Marani all along. Something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, that was obviously the, the chief speculation in the run-up to uh, that reveal. Um, I ge- Genuinely, I do think one of the shames of uh, the decision to kill off the Time Lords and you know introduce the whole Time War concept is that it means... It's harder to do things like the Rani in New Who. I love other renegade Time Lords as a concept. You know, there are so many angles to go with. It doesn't have to just be the Doctor and the Master all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the Rani is such a great addition. You know, you've got the... It's almost like the missing point on the spectrum. You've got the... Uh, very moralistic doctor at one end, you've got the very immoral master at the other, and then slap bang in the middle, the completely amoral Rani. Mm. Where just thoughts of good and evil just don't even enter into the conversation for her. Um, anyway, uh, yes, no, so it's it's good. To, it, it, it's an, in some ways, it's it's an odd choice. It's like. You want to introduce a new new Time Lord foe to the to Doctor Who. What do you do? Bring back a fan favourite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to kind of steal the scenes. But it, it works somehow. It works having the three of them all pinging off each other in this story. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it, it's like definitely a strong dynamic. Mm. Right. Uh, so the Doctor needs to see George Stevenson and needs a pass. And when discussing the guest list to this meeting, it's all the industrial geniuses. Yeah. Um, there's a big dog that guards the Doctor. And yeah. I've just written the Doctor just really hates Perry. Because she's like, <laughs> oh, there's a dog. And he's like, I can see that. <laughs> And just really has a go at her. 
Yeah, really. he's 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 a rude man, the Sixth Doctor. Yeah, at this he's stage. Like had enough, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, where am I? Okay, so the dog runs away scared, but the master is also scared of it. Mm-hmm. So he just blasts it. <laughs> yeah. And he just blasts a random man as well, just for fun. Yeah. I love his, I love his weird little laser wand he's got. What one thing I love most about it is how slow it is. Ah, uh, see, I, I, I thought <laughs> I, I, I know I've heard people say that Jodie Whittaker's sonic screwdriver looks like a marital aid, but his little wand definitely does. <laughs> yeah, it really Just does. Going. Um, so yeah, the master then talks to the machine smashing men. And talks them into hunting the Doctor. Uh, so they knock the Doctor's tracker down a mine. And one uh-huh. of the men falls in himself with really, really bad special effects. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, so Perry throws coal at them all. Until Lord Ravensworth turns up. And another trope of this story is everyone just firing guns at people. But never actually hitting anything. <laughs> Like, just yeah. to get everyone's attention, they just keep firing guns, but not at anyone. Just enough to scare them. Yeah. Um, so, the master slinks away, and it turns out there's been attacks all over the country, but they're worse here. Uh, only the men go berserk, and there's a change of personality. Mm. Uh, and we see at this point that the bathhouse has a secret master room. Okay, so we assume the master's behind all this, but the old lady running the bathhouse was secretly the Rani all along. Aha! And the master suggests they work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rani just feeds men some worms. Yeah, just for fun. Just for fun. And the <laughs> doctor suspects foul play greater than just the Luddites. So, I don't think he knows exactly what's going on, but... It's bigger than just the historical problems. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Rani is taking a chemical from the human brain that stops it resting. Mm-hmm. And like, did you catch the reason why she's doing it? It is all kind of buried in the dialogue. but Yeah, is it because she's got her own planet and everyone's going mad there? Yeah, yeah, basically she's just got her own planet which she's using as a sort of, you know galactic petri dish mm-hmm. to run her own experiments in and you know she's made some miscalculations and yeah basically the population that she's been experimenting on aren't aren't resting and are all going mad she's like all right well i'll just nab a bit of that from from humans instead mm-hmm. um yeah right uh... it's it, i i've got to i've got to be honest the 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 Time Lord's decision to just exile the Rani very very sort of short sighted on their part. They're all they're all about like we don't we don't meddle in the affairs, you know, the the history of of the universe and stuff. But we'll just send this completely bonkers lady out into the wilderness with her TARDIS. And she can do whatever mad shit she likes and so long as she doesn't come back to Gallifrey. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what's the worst yeah. that can happen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yes, indeed. 
Okay, so the doctor asks Raisin, uh, I keep saying Raisinworth, but it's Ravensworth, mm. to bring him Stevenson. Okay, and the Rani and the Master agree to work together, and the doctor works out that the bathhouse is involved somehow, so he dresses up as a ruffian mm -hmm. and goes himself. Yeah. Uh, the master enters the mineshaft looking for the Rani's men and manages to calm them. Uh, later he asks them to bury the TARDIS, but that's like jumping ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the doctor enters the bathhouse, the gas enters and knocks everyone out. Yeah. The Rani has the doctor tied down and she's come to Earth for centuries without detection. She's been doing this work here without the doctors knowing for mm -hmm. some time now. Yep. So he solves and explains her plan immediately, just like a nice uh, exposition dump. If you've not been paying attention, really. Yeah, but I, but it's uh, worth it because the 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 reaction is basically along the lines of just like, "Oh, he's such a swat," <laughs> you know, not not you know words to that effect. Um, yeah. Uh, so. The Rani leaves and Perry then investigates the bathhouse and finds the Doctor. And this is where we get a needlessly complex puzzle that's really simple. So mm -hmm. the thugs will kill a random man if Perry frees the Doctor. So the Doctor just goes, well, just free the random man then, then they can't get him. Um, <laughs> so like that goes on a little bit too long. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it goes on so long that the Rani just reappears after she'd just left. Mm -hmm. um, and the Luddites are moving the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And then there's a little hint that I, I was unfamiliar with where the Master, in the last time we saw him, could have been saved by Perry, but she didn't. Is that like a story I haven't seen? Oh, I'm trying to think what that might be a reference to. I can't... It's late. I, I'm, it's not kind of ringing bells with me at this point. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the Doctor attempts to turn the Master against the Rani. So, to stop him doing that, they just give his little trolley a little push and he just starts flying down a hill. Yes, it gets a little bit last of the summer wide at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, especially when some people stop him and they're like, <laughs> yep. whoa, that was... That was fast. And then they just yeah. push him themselves. Yeah, so that's the thing that really I find really odd about that cliffhanger is he's trapped strapped to the gurney and they're pushing him down the... You know, he's been rolling down the hill. It's like, oh, no, the doctor's in trouble. And yeah, and they literally they stop him, take him off the gurney, whack him onto, like, um, like a minecart thing and then start sending him towards the pit that they've buried the TARDIS in, I think. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like... So you've gone from like him being strapped down in one thing, hurtling down a hill in a vaguely perilous fashion, to, to immediately doing the same thing, just strapped to a slightly different thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your cliffhanger. It, it, do you know what I mean? It's just like there's something like really awkward <laughs> about that. As, as a sort of directorial and, 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 and writing choice. But uh, but anyway, yeah, that's our cliffhanger because, of course, these, these are... We only get the one cliffhanger. This was the season where they experimented with 45-minute-long episodes. 
Yeah. So we're into um, part two now. We are, yes. Right. So, that cliffhanger is immediately solved as the trolley is halted by a villager. Yes. It's George Stevenson. Yes, indeed. Here to save the day. Yeah. Uh, Ravensworth calls for a Luddite manhunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whilst they're discussing that, the master just creeps around for a little bit. Uh, he hypnotises a character called Luke, who all of a sudden is very important, mm-hmm. into doing his bidding and feeds him some of the Rani's maggots for his brain juice. Yeah. Um, uh, so the um, so the maggots they 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 they're the, the the they are the Rani's means of mind control. Whereas yes. the master relies on hypnotism, so uh-huh. what he's doing is sort of like giving him a bit of a double whammy here, um, and for context, Luke is uh, George Stevenson's assistant, basically his little protege, if you like. Mm. So there, there is. Is he the son there. of one of the men that's been going mad? I think so. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that's right. Right. Uh, so Perry is kidnapped, mm-hmm. and the Doctor does what I've described, David, as a sweet ninja jump over a trap to save her. <laughs> yeah. Notice how we never see Colin Baker actually do it. We just see some feet no, jump in the air. Yeah. Uh, so the Rani and the Master argue uh, when Stevenson's meeting is cancelled. Because ma- the master wanted to get all the geniuses under his control. Mm-hmm. The doctor returns again to the bathhouse to investigate the lab. And Perry, this is one of the bits I did like, asks the doctor about how he knows the Rani. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he says pretty much the same way he knows the master. They're just different people. Yeah. Um, so... The Doctor then triggers a volcano mustard gas trap and almost kills Perry again. (laughs) Yeah, nice one, Doc. Yeah, yeah. And they find the Rani's TARDIS. And it seems all TARDIS keys are the same. Yeah, that's a bit of a design flaw, isn't it? Yeah. But what do you think of that TARDIS interior? Uh, I like the centre console. Oh, that yeah, that time rotor with the revolving um, contraption is just gorgeous. But to this very day, David, I have no idea why she's breeding dinosaurs. <laughs> just another of her experiments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's got some 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 like dinosaur fetuses in little jars, on but uh, like artfully displayed on plinths. Yeah. Around her central maybe. console room. Yeah, um, and of course, then for the rest of the episode, you're you're, you're waiting for, because it's you know it's Chekhov's dinosaur fetus, isn't it? You don't you don't write something like that in unless you've got to really pay it off in a satisfying way at the, yeah. the end of the episode, right? And you got to think this is a good ten years or so before Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, those effects Easy. are stunning. Yeah, yeah, way ahead of their time. Right. So Perry leaves the TARDIS, and as she does, the TARDIS begins to disappear because the Rani's got it on remote control. 
So I thought they'd done that to capture the Doctor, but they didn't know he was there. They just wanted the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hides and escapes via the mine shaft. Perry is taken again to Ravensworth, and the Doctor arrives and tries to explain what's going on. Uh, the Master and the Rani are setting a trap in the woods. Hmm, I wonder mm-hmm. what that could be. Yeah. Whilst Perry says, if I got some valerian herbs, I could make a sleeping potion. That might actually yeah. cure everyone. It's worth mentioning, um, you know, it's been a while since... I'm going to double-check this, but you can edit this out. Because um, I'm, I'm sure her origin is that she is a botanist and it it like it almost never comes up yes so yeah she she's she's a bot she's a botany student and like in this in this um episode isn't she like oh, oh i don't know anything about like english <laughs> it's like it's like it's her one thing and they immediately sort of undermine it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about so, that. You can you can cut that out. Um. But anyway, it, it's um, fine. It's fine. Um. So yeah. So she wants to heal everyone. Uh. The Rani starts mocking the master because he can never beat the doctor. Mm-hmm. And as she's doing that, she starts pouring a potion on one of her dinosaur embryos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke begins to lead Perry towards the Master and Rani's trap, and it, it's a mine that turns people into trees. Yes, yes, that's what it is. You know, standard sort of uh, uh, weapon, right? Yeah, we've we've all we've all we've all encountered those before. Not just any old tree. A tree no. that can grab you to stop you standing on one of the mines <laughs> and turning into a tree yourself. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. So, the it's, doctor... You know, it's weird, actually, that, like, that is the point at which my credulity starts to be stretched, but genuinely it is. <laughs> I'm going with it up until that point. Yeah. So, the doctor works out this is a trap for him, so he orders yeah. the master and the rani... Uh, to free Perry and orders them off planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so once freed, Perry leads them away once the doctor whispers something to her. And I thought it was going to be something like poignant, but he basically says, just be careful. They love hypnotizing people. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. the doctor, meanwhile, goes to deal with all the mad villagers who tie him up, um, except when they're carrying him on, like, a stake, they step on the mines, get turned into trees, so he's just left hanging in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Um, The Rani fakes a seizure and throws some glitter at Perry to help her escape. Uh, So she throws this magic dust, which knocks Perry out, so she and the Master can escape. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, once free the doctor goes to help Perry and just as a little joke between the two of them they just decide to blow a mine shaft up with the master and the Rani trapped inside <laughs> yeah yeah, good times 
you know, a day out's not complete without doing that. Yes, indeed. Uh, so that forces the Master and the Rani into the Rani's TARDIS. But of course, the Doctor had tampered with that as well to fire them away across the Milky Way. He's a cheeky oh. so-and-so, isn't he? Yeah, especially whilst they're panicking about that, one of the Rani's dinosaurs starts waking up. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor, because he's so cheeky, also stole all that brain juice to save everyone. <laughs> so I, I love that the payoff with the dinosaurs is just one of them, like, smashes, and because of the time... Because they're like you know hurtling through time, it sort of like somehow increases the speed at which it grows, and you just see it start to grow a little bit, and it's it's all just for this kind of like womp womp. They're stuck in a TARDIS with a T Rex, haha, and and that's it. Like, I, I don't maybe I'm it's it's unfair for me to get hung up on that, but I find that just such a weird choice. Do you not think, Matt? No, I, I to- totally with you on that one. Yeah, it's just like just that's not that's it. not a good enough justification for for making some poor overworked props department have to churn out half a dozen dinosaur fetuses in jars. Yeah. Uh, especially when they're like cutting corners in other parts of the episode and stuff. I see. Yeah. I, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the doctor is reunited with the TARDIS. Ravensworth had his men dig it up with their bare hands. Mm-hmm. And they take flight for another adventure. Hooray! <sighs> well, I must assume, David, this will be one of our least enjoyable episodes because we just powered through that without <laughs> any jokes, without any segues. Yeah, um, just... just uh, Certainly what... Are you, are you tired at this point, Matt? Oh, very... Yeah. Yeah, so just two very tired men, just yeah. just kind of begrudgingly making them. But to be fair, to to be honest, I, 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 I do I do enjoy Mark of the Rani. It's a good story. I feel like I don't have masses like to say about it other than Rani's cool, isn't she? Bring it back. It's fine because uh, nobody listens to our classic episodes anyway. <laughs> Is that it's true? Fine. Don't know. If you've listened this far, can mm. you send us a tweet that just says, I listened, with a full stop? <laughs> that would be interesting to know. Yeah. Um, and in, and in, in response, we will just say, we're very sorry. Yeah. Just, yeah, just every, everyone who tweets you that, Matt, just respond with, we are very sorry. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> a little game for this week. And uh, next week, it, we're on to series 13. Oh, we're finally there. We're finally yeah, it's on happening. Flux. Yeah. And we will be kicking things off with the Halloween apocalypse. Uh, well, looking forward to that. Mm. A little so. bit of flux. Never did anyone any harm. As well, the old certainly true in my experience so i'm looking forward to that i hope you're looking forward to that too listeners uh, but until then as always thank you ever so much for listening until next time cheerio bye now
Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.